If you can see us, we're trying something new right now. Yeah. And not a hundred percent. There we are. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So we're good. Yeah. All right. We're in there. Okay. Good enough. Yeah. All right. We're live on Facebook. So we're doing a couple of things different. So uh, as most of you know, I'm not entirely tech savvy and we're trying something different because what we've decided to do is also not only come to you live on Facebook, but then record this and launch our podcast. So you can find us if you can't reach us here live on Facebook, then you can also follow us on our podcast. So we'll put that link in there when everything gets all set up and all that good stuff. So we're super excited to be here. It is Monday. It is October. It is October. And I think, I think it's kind of oh, funny. I, I didn't really gosh. notice this, but you know, October starting out here in Colorado, it's a little brisk in the morning, 45 degrees. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I don't know how 45 degrees, but I actually did see my breath this morning when I took the boys to school. Yeah. Uh, but here we are sitting yep. here in our sweatshirts. Freezing. No, no, it's not freezing. <laughs> it, it's nice and fresh. It feels good. Yeah. So, yeah. happy October. Yeah. So, well, I can't believe it's October, actually. I, where, yeah. where did the time go? The time, the time has been flying. But you know what? I would venture to say that every year, every one of us say the same thing. Wow, that went fast. It, it seems to be going by a lot faster it's because than... Because she's getting older. Mm, I don't know. We're just really... I mean, everybody's busy. That just means you have to make sure that every day you enjoy every day and, and try to get as much in as you possibly yep. can. Yep. So working right. on that. Um, all right. So I just forwarded that and <clears throat> sent it out on our fan on my personal page. All right. We're good to go. So um, we have a theme going on in October. Last month we had a theme. So we might as well stick with the theme. And since it's October and it's the... Yeah, we have to say, I'll just real quick before you announce our new theme, we do have to say goodbye to... Life Insurance Awareness Month. Goodbye to it, but don't forget about it. Yeah, it's still like a really important thing. Like the extremely most important. Thing important. So yeah, so gone but not forgotten. Yes. So um, it's going to be about spooky statistics. Oh, perfect for October. <laughs> maybe one day we'll wear. You know, once I pull out the Halloween decorations, maybe you know we'll add some of that piece in there too, and we'll see. But yeah, we'll put a costume on. No. You can. Anyway, this is good to know. <laughs> I'm going to stick with that. So we thought we'd kind of share some stuff, get some feedback from you guys as far as what you think about them, if it actually, if you experience it or what you've done to not become a statistic. That's also another big thing. Because yeah. um, nobody wants to be a, a, a statistic. <laughs> a statistic. Ooh, I haven't a had statistic. any coffee yet yeah, this us, morning. Well, no, <laughs> you do want to be a statistic if you want to be in the, uh, the you know, the, the well, good yeah. part of these statistics. Right. But yeah, we're talking about spooky statistics spooky. here this morning. Spooky. So some of them were kind of eye-opening uh, yeah. and kind of shocking when I was reading through them this morning. I was like, wow, really? So um, this one I think we've probably heard um, quite a bit of, but two-thirds of Americans would struggle to scrounge up $1,000 in an emergency. Yeah, it's nothing to take lightly. Um, this is actually, I'm, in a former business that Kristen and I had, we had, in several occasions, um, we would run across people that were 
in a situation that where they couldn't come up with two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. And it's you know it's like I said, it's nothing to ever take lightly. You never look down on anybody that is in a situation like that. It's just unfortunately there are a lot of people that find themselves in that situation. Um, and you know, as we go through this, I think we'll find out when we talk about more of these spooky statistics, why this is a statistic. Yeah, well, I mean, the, this was uh, put out by the Associated Press of NORC, Center for Public Affairs Research. So they're the ones that gave us this statistic. And, um, you know, so the cool, the good news is, is that in order to build that up, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes a little bit of concentrated effort and intention to, you know, just put away a little bit every, every month. Saving money is a habit. Yeah. And it, it can be, you can condition that habit the same way you condition yourself in athletics or anything. Yeah. You just have to do a little bit every day. And as Kristen and I found out several years ago, we start putting a little bit of money away and then it's like, well, we don't notice that anymore. Let's do some more. Yeah. So then you put a little bit more away and then pretty soon that becomes kind of irrelevant. And then you start putting a little bit more away. Yeah. And over time, you find yourself chunking away, you know, a good amount of money every month. But it's, you have to develop that habit. It's not something where you can jump in and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to start saving uh, 250 bucks a month. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just a little bit. I'm a big fan of automatic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like just automatic, so you, if you don't just see goes it, away, you know. If it's in your pocket, you're probably going to spend it. Yep. If it doesn't make it to your pocket, you're in a much better, you have a much better chance of not spending it. Oh, yes, absolutely. You want to do number two? Number two, uh, 24% of millennials demonstrate some type of basic financial literacy. Uh, we've worked with some millennials here lately. Yeah. And we're, I think they're brilliant. And we're definitely working with the 24%. Um, so that, <laughs> that one kind of, this one kind of surprised me because I really felt, and I'm working in a, in a small, I'm working in a very small window with the people that we work with. Some of our agents are millennials and demonstrate just an incredible um, financial, their financial literacy, literacy is way high. And I think, um, what we well, always felt is that a lot of these about it too is different. What? Well, their eagerness to learn about it is a little bit different. I, I, I don't know. They just think about money a little bit differently than us that have been around for a while. Well, and I, I really feel, and it's been said before that a lot of millennials, they've watched what their parents have done and the traps that they've fallen into and they don't want to put themselves in that same situation. So maybe they're learning from our mistakes. Yep. I guarantee they learned from the housing bubble and they don't want to get into that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's why a lot of them now are not into buying a home. is not the, uh, not the American dream anymore. Or at least not for, a big not, one. Not for, yeah. Not for a lot of people. But yeah. So it kind of speaks to this whole thing here. So I guess, you know, the biggest thing is that, you know, we're all prone to making some kind of financial mistake or several of them throughout our lifetime. Um, and be in that space where we shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, but the idea is, is that you learn from them mm-hmm. and, um, and it's okay. Yeah. Right. Like, there's, well, there's no, the most important part. There, with the exception of some things, there's no thing as a, as a bad mistake because every mistake you make is an opportunity for you to learn and grow. Yeah. As long as you learn, like Kristen said, as long as you learn from it. Yep. 
Um, fact number three is among adults who have combined finances in current or previous relationships, two out of five fess up to committing financial infidelity. And that's according to the National Endowment for Financial Education. So what does that mean, financial infidelity? That means that you and your wife, well, you and your spouse, have set up a, a budget, and you deliberately go out and break that budget. And like say you're, you go out to dinner, or you, <clears throat> you go out to dinner by yourself, or you're, you're spending you're spending money that you have otherwise committed to a budget. Yeah, or you get a credit card that the other person doesn't know and you're charging on it. That's and, another one too. You know, like doing all kinds of that and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, um, so I'm like 15 grand in debt and, and all that kind of stuff. So that infidelity. So, you know, the hardest part when couples get married and come together or they combine households, you know, you don't necessarily have to be married, but um, is that, you know, having that financial uh, conversation mm -hmm. of how do you view money? What do you feel about it? What are going to be our goals? All those kinds of things that just, um, um, you know, people aren't having those conversations. Right. And it's really, that's it. I mean, it's about having the conversation because, you know, even you get married, it doesn't matter. You're still, you still have an independent side and you still, still want to do things for you. But if you have that conversation in the beginning and whether it be an allowance or how you want to work it, or in some cases people keep their finances separate. Yeah. There's some people who are nope, completely and totally separate, and right. they, they'll keep it that way. So which, the biggest thing you know, is is just having that conversation with your spouse, and yep, or your partner, and making sure that you're on the same page. Absolutely. You want to do that one? About 77 million Americans, or 35 percent of adults with a credit file, have debt in collections, or debt reported against their credit files, and this is according to the Urban Institute. It's not hard to believe. No, I mean, especially when you think about like medical debt and what happens in that arena, that I there's certainly, I mean, the medical debt is a huge part of it. Um, there's no doubt about that. There's also the other side of that too, in the society that we live in today, it's always, um, and it's always kind of been like that, but keeping up with the Joneses, you know, you always, so here, here's one thing that we, we talk about all the time and it's, Say if, if you if you were able to get seven and a half or eight percent return on your money in a growth account, is that good? Yep. So let's say seven and a half percent. That's a good return on your money, and you can actually you can grow a pretty big retirement fund if you're growing your money at seven and a half percent. Here's what happens though: is a lot of people are growing their money. Say they're growing it at seven and a half percent, but they're financing a lifestyle at eighteen, twenty, twenty-four, twenty-six percent on a credit card. If you're financing your lifestyle at just say 18% and you're growing your money at seven and a half percent, you're, you're never, you're never going to close that gap. Yeah. And that's just, that's just complete and total awareness of where you want to be in the future, thinking about that now. And that's a big part of it. So there's the medical side and there also is the financing, the lifestyle side. Sure. Yep. <clears throat> Absolutely. I don't even know what fact we're on. Um, what number it is, but two thirds of Americans would struggle. Oh wait, we've already done that one. You got to turn this page this way. Uh -huh. 
and she's got it. <laughs> uh, just 46% of Americans have a rainy day fund. This kind of goes back to number one. Yeah, it does. It does for sure. Um, that, uh, well, I mean, we all want to go on vacation or we all want to get away for the weekend. We all have to kind of recharge our batteries mm -hmm. or do something fun or whatever. Um, but just being able to do that kind of stuff. So it's just about, you know, kind of really being super intentional about what kind of financial goals you want to put out there. You know, whether it's, Hey, I, I need to put together my contingency fund for in case the water heater goes out. Cause we've experienced that like recently. Um, and an AC coil and, and, and right. And then, um, also putting together that plan of, Hey, we don't want to necessarily finance our next vacation. What does yeah, that so look like and what, where do we want to go and what do we want to do and how do we make that happen? Right. Again, it's a conversation and, and setting and developing that habit of saving. So if you if, create a rainy day fund and, and add to that and finance that fund over time so that when the day comes and you need to get away or want to get away, you have something there to do it with. Yeah. And, Remembering what we said before, not to put that on a credit card because that's, you know. 18%, 24%, whatever. This one um, is shocking. I believe this, this one is, is, this is this number is, six. Yeah, this one. Yeah, this will absolutely blow your mind. Yeah. Um, the number of consumers age 60, 60 and older with student loan debt has quadrupled, quadrupled over the last decade. And that is that according is to the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. And, and that should be with the Protection Bureau because it, it's highway robbery. Well, but it's also this. So it's not only that they might have some student loan debt for them personally, but the fact that now Parent PLUS loans are almost mandatory yeah. is what I'm seeing. And I'm sure that... And, and so we're, we're taking on our children's student loans. Yeah. And, and that's, I'm sure that that's probably why that statistic is so high. Yep. Given the fact that after 2008, after the housing bubble burst and you know, so many people lost their jobs and you know, the stock market just crashed, people flooded the institutions, the uh, higher education institutions because mm -hmm. they had to kind of recreate, redefine themselves. And when they did that, well, the financial institution said, hey, we've got a huge supply right now or a huge demand. So they raised their prices, what, 400%? Yeah, yeah. 400%. It's ridiculous. And you know, then you have these student loans that kids are getting out of school. They're not able to satisfy that student loan or service it the way they should be servicing it. And so then they, they go into, they get them deferred. So the parents are also part of that process, deferring mm -hmm. those student loans. Guess what? The interest compounds daily and it doesn't stop compounding. Yes. So you can come out of school with a $35,000 student loan, defer that, and that, I mean, that can grow. We, in a situation that we're well aware of, it grew to $72,000. Yep. So, um, by the way, you would like a little bit of help in this arena make sure you reach out to us on that um, and if you haven't already so we're doing this new stuff but we can't see who's jumping on we can't see 
um, if you're liking this or nothing. So, hey, if you're on Facebook and you're watching this, like this, love this, laugh at us, tell us we're funny. But then also feel free to share this out. That would be great. Um, we would very much appreciate that. Um, let's see. Nearly one-third of Americans pay the minimum due on their credit card each month. And that's according to FINRA's uh, National Financial Capability Study. Mm -hmm. So we all know, right? Like, um, if you just pay the minimum, it's going to take you forever and a day to pay that off. It's really just barely paying for the interest and, of and let me that piece of it. They have a minimum payment. That minimum payment is calculated in such a way that it feels good to you. And you can make those payments easy. But those minimum payments are put in place because the credit card companies make, that's how they make a ton of money. That's how like Home Depot or Lowe's, or if you go and buy a refrigerator from them and you finance it, they want you to finance it. They'll make yeah. more money off of the financing than they will ever make off of that refrigerator. Yep. So they hope that you make that minimum payment, but you can end up buying, and we all know, you can end up buying a, you know, a $800 fridge, and over time, you'll end up spending $4,500 for that by yeah. making minimum payments. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and that's something that, I mean, we all know, but it's something definitely to make your kids aware of as they go off to college and, you know, get into that credit card thing. Yep, yep. Last but not least, and this goes back to what we just talked about, about half of the student loan holders express concern about their ability to pay off their student loan debt. Yeah, I, I, it's it, a really, you know, we just talked about it's, it. It's a it? real thing. Like we have that conversation almost daily, mm -hmm. right? With people, um, whether it's parents with parent plus loans, whether it's individuals. I mean, the worst, I've had a couple of conversations with the two different people and like $400,000 worth of student loans. That's insane. I don't know why that made sense at the time, but it did. Um, well, I would hope that in that situation, it was a, they got their doctorates or? One was a dentist, one was a chiropractor. Okay. So both dentist, yeah, both high income positions, but you still have to build up a practice, especially if you're gonna be a chiropractor. And a doctor, um, we all know that doctors have to go through years of you know internship, working in ERs, long hours, not making a whole lot of money until they get on the, the regular yep. payroll. Yeah. So takes it takes a, little, a while. Takes a little bit. Um, so there you have it. Eight spooky. Spooky statistics. I don't know if that was mind blowing for you, um, but it was for us a little bit. I mean, some of it kind of makes sense and we can definitely do that. But hey, so we have a few things going on um, to avoid becoming a statistics um, or to change, make small changes, right? So sometimes it's just making a course correction What in what you're currently doing making some adjustments and to get to where you want to be later on so we have a class coming up it's a free class we buy dinner it's on Wednesday and uh, you do have to RSVP so we'll put the link here attached to this um, so if you would like to attend that um, for those of you who are listening to the podcast if you would like to attend one of those classes as well feel free to reach out to us because we have those available virtually in addition to any live classes that we do. Right, so if you're here local, 6.30 Wednesday night at the Legacy Ridge Golf Course at the Grill. We'll put that link on the. Yeah, we'll put the link out there. We would love to have you come and, and check it out. And like Kristen said, this is a great, great way just to increase your 
financial literacy a little bit. Yeah. And and there's some things where every time we do this class, every time, every somebody always comes up to us and said, "I had no idea." Yep. So we'd love to have you have that aha moment with yes, us. Yes, because I know we did six years ago, over six years ago. Yes, we did. Um, in addition to that, um, we are growing and expanding. And so if you know of anybody who is looking for part-time or a full-time new career, please have them reach out to us because we are actively looking for super amazing people. So if you fit that bill or if you know of someone, please have them get in touch with us so we can um, get them an interview. Anyways, happy Monday. Happy Monday, happy everybody. Happy gloomy, and cold Monday. Oh, it's just it kidding. is fall, and we're loving it. Yeah, I love it. But he is. It's cold. Cheers, everybody. Have a great week. Yeah.